Good day, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Total Wellness Radio, making us a part of your day. In today's episode, you'll notice the title says, For Practitioners Only. And the reason it says that is because this is the audio version of our monthly Zoom presentation that we give to practitioners around the country who are carrying our product line. We thought it would be kind of fun to mix it up a little bit, get you some different information about the backstory of Country Doctor Herbals, our products, product quality, and manufacturing. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Total Wellness Radio, which is titled For Practitioners Only. Thank you so much, as always, for taking time out of your schedules after Thanksgiving to be a part of this. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I have got uh, so much to cover. In fact, I've got three solid typed pages of notes, So, but it's designed to help keep me more on track with specific uh, points of uh, clarity and principles we're trying to share and make sure that you capture as much value out of these roundtables as possible. So thank you again for, for taking the time to be with us. and. And uh, as always, to get this kicked off, a wonderful and blessed after Thanksgiving uh, greeting to you all. You know, this is the time of year where we're encouraged to share as much, you know, gratitude and family and loved ones time as we possibly can. And I personally feel like we should try to stay in that mindset year round. But this is a special time of year that we get to exemplify that and kind of, uh, you know, do some things that we don't normally get to do for ourselves and our communities and really be thankful for a lot of the abundance, the joy, our health um, that we uh, that we uh, sometimes you know can take a little bit for granted. So it's a nice reminder, and I thank you guys uh, for taking uh, taking the time to be with us. You know, as I was uh, speaking with everyone, you know, for, for speaking for everyone from Country Doctor Herbals, Country Doctor for uh, for Practice Blueprint. You know, when I say that we're our focus has always been to provide, you know, proven resources right, to you and your businesses, especially for those of you using the Country Doctor Herbals product line, uh, but we're also equally committed to sharing those resources from our business side as well, and so we're going to be touching on some of that uh, to enhance your business endeavors. Uh, please remember to always be, you know, always be willing to ask questions. I love questions. I'm going to stick to my script as best as I possibly can to cover as much of the key points uh, that I want to make sure that you have not from theory or from what we uh, read or went to a seminar for, but what we use every single day in clinical practice, working with people uh, locally and around the country. So, so please remember that you're always welcome to directly get in touch with me and, uh, and ask those questions. The first thing on the topic for today is to discuss and acknowledge our top 10 wholesalers. As you may know, Rachel provides us with a list of our top 10 wholesalers across the country. And uh, she shares those lists with me and, uh, and I get to uh, share those with you. Our top 10 list for the month of October, Shayla Slaw out of Wyoming. Thank you, Shayla. Bob Burdekin with New Wave Therapy out of California. And for those of you who may not know, Bob also is the one that provides us with the small um, low-level light therapy devices that we use for resetting ileocecal valves, for resetting digestive, the nine digestive locations that we teach um, in some of the advanced uh, training for uh, kinesiology and uh, how to reset those valves digestively were people using that light. So Bob is the gentleman that provides us with that information. April Martinez out of Wyoming, Carl Malone, Colorado, Brenda Morgan here in Wyoming, Ed Gifford here in Wyoming, Tammy Notch with uh, Holistic Health. Uh, she's here in, in Wyoming. Our very own Amy Todd. Hi, Amy. She's out in Michigan. Thank you for joining us, Amy. Carol Holstra, who's also in Michigan. And our, uh, our wonderful Sky Davis that we, uh, we all kind of talk a lot about, as well as the rest of these folks. She's out in Wisconsin as well with, uh, uh, with uh, Sky, uh, with her naturopathic uh, center there and, and uh in Lake Geneva. I was just out there here recently. Okay, so thank you all for being a part of the Country Doctor Herbals family, the Country Doctor family, obviously Practice Blueprint. We are thrilled to have you uh, in, our, in our circle of, of people that we're working with. 
every every month I try to get a hold of Linda, and I we we started a section called Lab Notes, and uh, because Linda and Stacy and and Nora and those folks, uh, Jason, a lot of folks that are over there that are behind the scenes, have such a tremendous dedication to what we're about with our country doctor herbals manufacturing the product line that we provide. And uh, so I asked her for some lab notes and uh, I'm gonna share with you her words uh, for the month of October. Uh, lab has been working like crazy. That I believe, I've seen what they do over there. Some of you got to do a tour in October and kind of see what goes on. Making sure that bottling process is up to speed for the coming end of year demands and the specials that we do each December. To date, Linda and her crew, uh, for the month of uh, November, for this month, they've bottled over 1,500 two-ounce bottles, uh, and with a week remaining, they're going to easily could hit well over 2,000 bottles uh, produced for the month of, uh, of November, so that's really exciting. The lab is always continuing the mixing, blending, and pressing process to ensure there will be enough tinctures ready for clients' needs. They are continuing to work on backstock inventory, so there is plenty of products ready to go for clients and their needs. And in Linda's words, all in all, it's been a jamming month. When she said jamming, I thought, you know, I got like canning, bottling, jamming, I don't know. I kind of I got a kick out of the way she worded that. But it has been a jamming month, and she wishes to thank all of you for the support that you have for the Country Doctor Herbal's Lab. Um, and I also want to just take a moment and really acknowledge, you know, for those of you who have ever been on one of Linda's lab tours, she does an amazing job. Um, for those of you who are gonna be joining us in April, she will be providing another tour Friday morning uh, of the 26th of April at 8 a.m. And this is really a must experience, I think. Um, the quality and care, the, the, uh, the way they receive the products, the way they handle the products, the sequencing, that they go through uh, is, is pretty much, you know, it's an amazing process to witness. Um, and it's all about, because they love what they do, obviously, if you've met Linda or spoken with her, you know that she has a tremendous passion for what she does. And it's also about making sure that they're producing a superior product, one that you can rely on that what it says on the label is actually inside the bottle, okay? Uh, that seems to be a real challenge at times with the supplement industry to ensure to the consumer and to its wholesalers that the product quality is always there. And, and when she goes through and, and takes you through the, uh, the process of you know, you know, that lab tour, you get to take pictures, ask questions, obviously, and it just really drives home the care and the quality uh, that those folks are providing all of us uh, there at, uh, at the lab. Amy suggests the product. Oh, well, thank you, Amy. We, we appreciate that, yes. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna shift gears a little bit from the lab notes into uh, one of the sections I wrote in the announcement that Rachel sent out to everybody was cases with wow uh, in practice. And this is something that, that I, know, I know Tammy's experienced, Craig and Jake have been experiencing. I, I myself, since May, uh, April, May, when we really introduced support kits as part of our sequencing and flow to really identify and focus on what is the solution, not identify what the problem is, but really get our mindset focused on the solution. Um, what I found is that we're seeing some, all, some really amazing breakthroughs in client responsiveness to the protocols that tend to be a little smaller now but because they're driven by the support kit and the focus on solution, rather than trying to tell a client, here's what's wrong, okay, which we all know as practitioners is in many circles a no-no. We want to avoid that and just stay really, really solution focused. But I had a client here that was non-responsive in the, in the immune, in the nervous system. And by using the muscle testing to determine client needs, we, what was found was that there was a, a stress that the support kit really helped to correct. And so one of them, I've got several here, I'm gonna give you just some examples. But this month I had a client that showed um, that the, uh, they weren't able to respond, meaning they're stuck, they're not responsive. I mean, this is the, these are the kind of clients that are, can be very frustrating to us practitioners 
in clinical practice because it seems like you're doing all kinds of wonderful things with them and they're following these protocols, but they're just not having breakthroughs. Like you know they could and they should if they're being compliant and doing their part and they're just not responding. And this gentleman showed non-responsive and it was one of those things where it was a specific organ that was creating stress on the nervous system and he tested for HP prostate. And that was the only thing that really, really showed a very strong response. And when we put him on it in less than, in less than two days, he was already telling me about two or three different things that were improving. And his question to me was, is that possible that I'd have these other areas improve in how my body's performing or the symptoms that I was experiencing by just taking stress off the prostate, providing nutrition for the prostate with your formula? And I said, absolutely. Uh, we see it happen all the time. There was another case um, in using the kits where HP Nervine uh, was what was needed because this lady was under tremendous stress. And I know that since for the last three or four years, stress, um, you know, environmental stress, uh, global stress, community stress, uh, political and, and uh, stress that, you know, unfortunately people see in the media, which I think that's the number one thing they should disconnect from is watching the local news. I think they would feel so much better uh, by disconnecting from some of those things. But this lady was having sleep issues, headaches, a lot of different things were going on, and the Nervine really helped to, to alleviate that stress on the nervous system. So then the other things that she was trying to accomplish uh, worked, worked much better for her. This is one I found very interesting. This is one I had just last week, I think. Um, client came in with lower abdominal discomfort. Typically, we don't associate lower dis, uh, abdominal discomfort with kidney function. Uh, usually we think, okay, well, it's a parasite or it's yeast or maybe some probiotics or digestive aids or you know, maybe some toxicity or food. Um, this one actually showed up as kidney stress. Um, and I, and I got to tell you, we were both, the client and I, scratching our heads a little bit when we went through with the testing, but in less than five days, uh, she reported back noticing a tremendous difference in how the uh, the ex, uh, lower bowel was was uh, was aggravating to her. And again, she's like, "Well, is that possible?" And it's like, "Yeah, in your case, it's very possible." And one of the things I found with uh, sinuses, and I think this came from Jake. Um, Jake found he had a client that was having a lot of sinus issues going on, and we were looking at foods, we were looking at digestion, looking at inflammatory. Uh, looking at things that, uh, you know, from an immune system perspective, which is what we taught in class, you know, last month. And those are the key things to look at. But above that is to get in the habit of relying on the support kit to reveal to you what is needed for the solution, right? And really start mind, you know, getting your mindset wrapped around that concept in every case, regardless of how they present. Uh, that way you're not chasing symptoms you're actually implementing solutions from, from moment one. And uh, so Jake put them on the tooth and gum. And again, that person's experience, uh, they improved almost overnight. There was a shift in how they improved and, and uh, it did with their, uh, with their protocol. So I share all that with you because it's important to remember that when working with people, this is one of the things that we learned in clinicals 20 years ago. Anything can cause anything. You need to write that down in your notes and remember that anything can cause anything. Don't try and do a textbook approach to a protocol when it's not clinically substantiated. Anything can cause anything. And so when we go through that, you know, the person may be having seemingly unrelated concerns uh, and when tested, the support kits will bring on display the need for support in one area, seemingly unrelated, okay? And the client will report noticeable improvement uh, almost immediately. So the focus needs to be on, the, not on the thing. Try to, try to break the habit of focusing on the thing. Though they have allergies, or they have high blood pressure, or they have you know, heart murmurs, or whatever. We're not in the business of treating the thing. We're in the business of identifying the right solution uh, for the client. And when your focus is on asking the body 
what is the actual support needed, what's missing, uh, then you can really emphasize uh, amazing results in a very quick order, usually within days, um, and the programs will be smaller. So always remember to treat the client in your mindset, not theirs. Write this in your notes. This is so important. Treat the client in your mindset, not theirs. There is focus. Uh, theirs is going to focus on the problem, right? That's what brought them to you. They want to express that to you, and we listen. We acknowledge, right? We, we uh, empathize with the concern they're having. And these are all good things to do to build the relationship between me and the client. Those are things that are important, okay? But remember, your mindset is focused on the solution, not the problem. Let me get Janessa in here real quick. There we go. Um, <clears throat> and while we're on that, it, it kind of brings me up. It reminds me of two or three uh, key practice principles that I want to share right now because these are important. I see these being missed a, a little bit with practitioners and their relationship with clients. So I wrote down about three, three or four different, three different practice principles that I think it's important to touch on. We as practitioners stand in the gap. Our job is really to stand in the gap between harm and our clients. They have to be willing to take the necessary actions on the resources that we provide or their improvement's gonna be minimal, okay? They have to take action. Um, Mark Anderson, I don't know if any of you know, have heard of Mark Anderson. Um, in our part of the country, uh, just down in Denver where Marie's at, the, the Standard Process West outlet has been owned and operated by Mark Anderson for decades, okay? Um, in a, when it comes to the standard process uh, conventions, education, the things that he provides. And I heard him say something here a few years back, and I never forgot it. He said, we are trusted intermediaries, okay? That's our role as practitioners. We're trusted intermediaries. Our job is not to get clients well. Our job is to become a trusted intermediary and kind of stand in the, in the, in the gap between what the client's experiencing and the continuing to head down you know, that path towards harm and, and ill health. So I love the term that he used, trusted, trusted intermediary. We serve as a link between people and their health objectives. That's our job. A solid, strong, empowered, highly resourceful, uh, with lots of skills and lots of tools, but we serve as a link between our clients and their, uh, achieving their health objectives. We connect them to resources. We also can pr protect them against harm. Uh, their job is to demonstrate the use of those resources, and then we help to evaluate and refine their use so their skills develop in using those resources. And, and bottom line is that they develop better habits, okay? There's four key things that establish a relationship between a client and their program. Not a client and you, but a client and their program. And they have to be aware of resources when it comes to diet, stress reduction, rest, and movement. Those are the four things that are gonna have 80 or 90% impact on how that client feels uh, and performs in terms of health restoration over time. So those are the things that we help focus on. Another practice uh, principle that came up, uh, and I've just kind of touched on it, I want to get more specific, is that there's two specific relationships at work at all times with clients. There's the relationship that you have with them, and then there's the relationship that they have with their program. These are two specific relationships. They are intertwined, yes, but they are standalone separate. In other words, you can have a client come in to the clinic, they've been on a program for a couple of weeks, and they, they look at you and they say, oh my gosh, Amy, I just, I, I've been so terrible since I started that program, I just feel so run down, I've got all these other new things coming up, and it's just, what's going on? And Amy can look at her with a, with a pleasant smile on her face and say, gosh, Steve, it sounds like you're not getting along with your program very well, huh? And Steve will say, yeah, I'm not. But you and I, Steve, are going to have a great relationship. We're going to handle this for you today. We're going to see what's going on, where we need to make adjustments and make sure that the right resources are being used properly by you. And oh, by the way, let me see your food log or something like that. OK, 
okay? There's always a relationship that you're trying to help them develop between them and their program. But when they come in with maybe some negativity or they're stressed or they're, you know, feel a little overwhelmed, your job is to help them get a better relationship with their program. And this is a lot of times it gets overlapped in the client and the, and the, and the practitioner. The practitioner starts taking on things that don't belong to them. It's not their responsibility. And they start feeling like, oh, I've got to perform. Oh, I've got to, I've got to figure this out. Oh, I've got to you know, change their program and, and do something better or different. Or, oh my gosh, am I good enough to be doing this work? And that's what happens when we allow clients to inflict on us the program they're not having and the relationship they're not having with their program. And I hope that makes sense to you guys. I hope this is dropping some, some pearls of wisdom on you because if you're going to do this work to the degree that you want to do this work, whether it's seeing five people a day or 50 people a week is not the issue. The issue is <clears throat> you've got to be able to communicate to the client that we're, our relationship is always going to remain respectful I'm going to acknowledge your needs. I appreciate you. I'm thankful you're here. You and I's relationship is always going to be top notch. However, there will be times when you and your program don't seem to be seeing eye to eye very well. Not on always, but there's going to be some ripples as you restore your health and eliminate these bad habits that caused you these problems to begin with, as well as other factors. And we're going to take that into account and we're going to get you the right resources. And then we're going to monitor your response to using those resources so that we can re help you refine those tools in the, in, the, in, in the future. Yes, it does happen. Thank you for that comment. Number three, this one comes up a lot. Getting children to successfully take supplements can be a real chore. Okay? And here's how I have learn to handle it best. Does it work perfectly every time? No, but 80 to 90% of the time, this is how I handle it. And it seems to give the best results to the child taking the supplements. Now, if the, the, if the parent is not encouraging to do it more than once, you know, one and done is not trying to develop the habit of, and the skill of taking a supplement. But when you have a child when you give them a, a supplement, okay, I think, this is, I think this is detox, and you show them this little capsule, okay, it's not that big. At first, it looks intimidating because the child's thinking, how am I going to swallow that? And in and of itself, with water, by the way, usually isn't very sufficient. If you will train the child, educate the child on taking a bite of food, and chewing it up thoroughly. Chew the food thoroughly. And by the way, maybe halfway into their meal. Here's why. They've been chewing food and chewing food and they've produced a lot of saliva and the throat is lubricated, okay? And then they chew up a bite of food, but just before they swallow that bite of food, they take the little capsule, stick it in their mouth, and swish it. Don't chew it. Swish it around a little bit. Get it covered in that bite of food. And then when they go to swallow, it will go right down. Now, what has to be broken is not the physical challenge of taking the capsule. What has to be broken is the mental challenge, the preconceived notion the child has with swallowing a capsule. And the only way you break that is to get them to help to help them practice doing it that way. It might take four or five times. It might take 20 times, okay? But I promise you, with consistent encouragement, that child will learn, because I can guarantee you, I've seen children eat, and they're swallowing bites of food bigger than that. Every one of us have seen, they're swallowing food size that's bigger than that. So it's not about the amount or the size it's about that when they take it away from food and it's just water, these things stick in the throat and it scares them and you won't get them to do it again. So position clients uh, with children who are going to have to swallow capsules. 
That's the best way. Now, the second best is obviously you can take and pull it apart and you can dump it in a little, you know, a little bit of yogurt or maybe a little splash of applesauce or something of that nature. And, and they can, you know, take it that way. But at some point, they're going to need to learn, potentially learn, how to swallow capsules. And that has been, in our experience, has been one of the best ways to get them to do it. So... Anybody else have thoughts on that that they've had experience with? Want to share in the chat chat box? Except ICF one. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. We can hear you a little bit. Go ahead. Awesome. One of the suggestions that I use, although it doesn't work for all of my children, but it does for my five-year-old and my nine-year-old put the capsule with a little bit of water in their mouth and then look down and swallow instead of looking up to swallow because the, the esophagus is more constricted if you look up. That sounds like a Rachel trick. <laughs> I need to try the food one with my 12-year-old because she panics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and these are real concerns, and our job is just to be encouraging, go about it slowly, maybe demonstrate it for them with one of ours, right? And so that they get past the mental um, fear that's involved sometimes with this. All right. Don't break it open, I mean. Yeah, yeah, not on ICF-1. Yeah, they'll never take a tablet again if you break ICF-1 open. <laughs> the next subject line let's talk tinctures tinctures are kind of a can be also they present their own challenges okay so i want to walk you through just real quickly on the tinctures <clears throat> this is one that i take it's for prostate health okay and one of the things that i've noticed is when this thing is uh, when this stem is empty and you drop it in there and you give it a quick squeeze like that it doesn't pull up enough it doesn't pull up enough right that looks like half but it's a little less than half on the dropper and you want to get to where it's a half to, to two-thirds full so one of the things that we have tried to encourage people to do and, and practitioners you need to demonstrate this visually to your clients because you'll find that more often than not, they're not taking near enough. Or you'll write a recommendation sheet that says one at breakfast, one at lunch, one at supper, and they're doing one drop instead of a dropper full. I can't tell you in, over the years, from time to time, how many times that's actually happened. The client comes back in two week follow up and they're bottled, you can't even tell where they've even taken anything. And they're, I'm still having these issues, right? It's like, well, let me demonstrate this for you. If you double press it twice, look at the difference. Just by double pressing that twice, I'll do it again. So you can see it's just in there and you just double squeeze and that is two thirds full now. And then what I do, I put it in a little bit of water and I try to encourage clients to do this with food. Kind of swig it around. Swish before you swallow. Okay. You'll feel a tingling sensation in, uh, in the mouth. That's the salivation gland starting to kick in. Salivation, so that you can start drawing things transmucosal. It'll go transmucosal right into the mucous membranes and get into the bloodstream. You'll, you'll get a much better bioavailability from tinctures. Now, do tinctures taste all that great? More often than not, no, they don't. But they can take a little splash. That was just a little, maybe a half a tablespoon of water. Um, but they can take a little thimble full of apple juice or pomegranate or something and, you know, with a little bit of water and do their tinctures that way. But really encourage your clients to swish the tinctures. And this I learned from a client also. 
You can take formulas like Virex, like SHA, like Multibac, um, yeast redux, anything if they're, if they're doing something that's affecting the sinuses or the bronchioles and lungs, you can take a little bit of this, you can put a little bit on the finger, okay? And you can make aromatherapy out of your tinctures. It's amazing, amazing. Although that's not recommended, I mean, we don't, in terms of, um, in terms of a delivery system, we usually just tend to tell them to swish and swallow. But I, I have a gentleman who's been doing B&B &B for cognitive function um, and some other things that he's dealing with as far as ringing in the ears and like that. And he's painting the, mastoid, uh, painting the mastoids with it and he's doing it along the, uh, the cervical pathways in the back and letting it dry, taking it internally and he started making an aromatherapy out of it. And he said, it's absolutely amazing how much clearer it goes into the system. And he actually notices an effect from it almost immediately. So this is something that's kind of new. We haven't really talked a lot about it uh, with practitioners. Um, I did mention, I think in October at the, at the kinesiology class that, you know, inhaling the, the tinctures and using them as an aromatherapy delivery is another way of getting the aromatic features of those, of that chemistry into the into the bloodstream into the brain and the sinuses the ears um and we've seen some pretty impressive responses with that so i want to make sure and and uh, get that uh, as part of the uh as part of the let's talk tincture section and uh, finally on this one our experience has been when you combine when you combine the tinctures with the uh, light therapy device from new wave therapy if you're treating, uh, you know, support, providing support nutritionally for the liver or the gallbladder or the lungs, right? Or the thyroid, you know, in the ears, you can actually uh, enhance the blood flow and circulation to any organ or tissue in the body by incorporating just a minute or two, 30 seconds on specific areas of the body with that light therapy device. And that will also enhance drawing things to that. It's kind of like using Lobelia with every tincture, because lobelia is like a lead sheep herb. It takes the properties of the nutrition and places it in the body where that central nervous system needs it to go. Light device, yeah, yeah, we do too. I've got three of them just in my office. I use on me a lot, so. All right, any comments or thoughts on that before we move on here? We're about ready to round out our discussion today. Okay. With sitting on the light therapy with the herbs, are you talking about taking them internally or putting the uh, tincture actually on the organ that you're supporting and then using the light or both? That's an excellent question, and, and I've done both. I actually do both. So we'll have, okay. you know, two, yeah, we'll have like people taking swish tooth and gum, and then they'll open their mouth and actually treat it, just draws that in so much better. They'll feel it in a matter of minutes. Um, it's pretty fascinating when you combine the herbal, the herbal remedy with the photonic energy. I'll say that again, when it's an herbal remedy combined with photonic energy. Anytime you're using the green light, the red light, infrared, uh, the blue light, I use primarily in my office the red light because I get a broad spectrum a much broader spectrum. The blue and green light are a little more narrow in their focus and use. The red light has a little broader uh, focus, okay? And so I use it always with the red light. I've got a lady who uses a red light uh, for over 20 years. She'd had ileocecal valve problems, non-resolving. Uh, she moved here from New York and uh, she's, she became a client of ours about maybe six months ago, something like that. And I noticed when I'd use the percussor to open up her ileocecal valve structurally, castor oil packs helped. But when she started using a red light on that, she said it made 80, that was 80% of the difference was by resetting that tissue with the photonic energy carried by the light device. So if you're not using your light device daily, with clients, even if it's just 30 seconds or a minute here and there and incorporating it in to that, you know, already 
robust 15 or 20 minute visit that you're getting so much accomplished. If you're not incorporating that in there, you're, you're possibly you're missing some opportunities for your clients to have some real wows in how they respond. I mean, like right then and there. So, all right, good question, thank you. Last couple of uh, spots we're gonna touch on here and then I hope we have at least two or three questions or comments as I get ready to wrap this up. Tamara's gonna join us next week. We're looking forward to having you. She's gonna be here for six days. Four days of intensive hands-on. I was looking at the schedule thus far and it will change a little bit, potentially. Uh, four days hands-on with Jake, Craig, and myself, as well as office resources, or so working with Rachel and her team up front at the same time. So far, we're gonna have 109 office visits in those four days. That's what's on the books. Now there's over 140 uh, scheduled, but that's a combination of front and back office, okay? So you're gonna get, uh, get a, lot of, uh, a lot of experience on that uh, and interactions with clients. And uh, that's gonna be a deep dive hands-on experience. Now day five, all day long, sorry about your luck, young lady, but you're gonna be in a classroom with me all day. Uh, and we usually go, we start earlier than we say, and we usually go later than we say, so put your, put your track shoes on. But we're gonna be in the classroom designing all three areas of her business, which includes understanding fully your job description. I touched on some of it today with, uh, with uh, the uh, relationship that you have with your client versus the relationship your client has with your program. There's a lot that goes into that one statement uh, that will really, really enhance your client relationships. Putting your practice in order. As you know, order is our acronym for understanding your objectives, using the right resources, and uh, we can't wait either, we look forward to it. Having the right resources, demonstrating the use of those resources, evaluating the outcome and, the, and are we going in the, in the direction of our objectives, and then finally refining where we need to so that your skill set, so that your mastery over these things, so that it becomes second nature, so that you're just in this wonderfully enjoyable groove with your client that so many practitioners struggle with these days. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's challenging to witness. It's one of the things that I've had to revisit with clients, uh, practitioners, especially since 2008 when I started working in this arena with Practice Blueprint and trying to empower them with the right communication, the right skills, the right resources, so that the, the relationship becomes almost second nature and you really know and understand how to navigate that successfully with the greatest number of clients. Understand that it's not perfect. I mean, we're dealing with people, right? I mean, we all have relationships. All of us have relationships in certain areas that kind of struggle at times. And so it can be challenging. This just ensures that when it comes to you, the practitioner, and the relationship you're having with your client, and then the relationship the client is having with their program stays in order, stays on track. It doesn't bring excess stress in on you trying to navigate these things when you start seeing, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 25 people a day. Uh, and how do you maintain that energy and that enthusiasm for doing that? And it's because of putting these things in order uh, and then finally positioning your clients to thrive. And so I'm sure you will. That's great. You're going to eat it all up. So the day six is hands-on muscle testing all day long. We're gonna have 10 or 12 of our clients come in uh, using the specific support kits with Country Doctor Herbal. So you're gonna actually get to evaluate some of our existing clients and see where they're at with their program, what stress might show up uh, so that we can, not only, it's not about you finding new things or new stress that the client needs to work on as much as it's about you developing the right sequencing and flow from start to finish so that you can be extremely efficient and effective in delivering your care and putting them on the right resources so that you're, yeah, fine-tuning, fine-tuning the testing process and putting that in uh, so that you're, all of the resources are moving your client in the direction of their objectives. And that's really the skill set, the mindset, the communication patterns, 
that are not being taught in school anywhere. The things we're talking about aren't being taught out there. I know, I've looked. They're teaching a lot of wonderful things across the country in a lot of amazing schools, except this. And this one stumbling block interferes with all of that other education, all of those other wonderful resources being amplified into your community and into your clients. And uh, so this really bridges that gap, and we're excited about it. When you leave, you're going to have the momentum to advance exponentially, exponentially, and you, you won't, your mind can't comprehend what that looks like until you're actually 60 days out from next week. And then you'll understand what I mean by exponential growth and experience. Um, so we're, we're thrilled to have you. We're looking forward to watching that unfold in terms of literally saving you years of trial and error, as well as tons of, of other financial resources that might go down rabbit holes. I've had, unfortunately, in talking with a lot of practitioners over the years, um, they've invested a lot of time and a lot of money and still aren't where they would like to be. And I know some practitioners that have invested anywhere from 60000 to as much as a quarter million dollars and haven't received this level or this approach that's so, you know, so desperately needed with these schools. And we're missing the boat. We're not positioning practitioners to thrive. And the reason they're not is because they don't know their job description, they haven't put their practice in order, and they don't know how to position their clients to thrive. And so we're, gonna, we're going to... Uh, we're going to connect all those dots. It's going to be a whirlwind of an experience. We'll all be exhausted at the end, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And we are really looking forward to it. In closing, I got uh, April 26th, 27th, 28th. Amy, I see you're going to be there with us in April. Yay! I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Pat, yep. Pat, you're going to be there as well. We look forward. April 26th, 27th, 28th. We're actually going to be at the LCCC campus this year, uh, or next year, for our initial uh, for the year. The LCCC campus has a, a really amazing room, two large big screen televisions that we can use to post a lot more resources uh, that, we, that we had hoped to try and do in October, and it just didn't work out. But that's one of our refinements, is to make that happen for practitioners a little better. And um, I, know that, uh, I know that we're excited about being there, but we're going to... Uh, yeah, we can't wait either. I'm excited about it. Because between now and then, there's going to be some major refinements. Well, not major. Major to us, because we know every time we click the dial, we get our compass set just a little more true, right? We're always refining. Not, and and uh, so we're excited about having time between now and April to do that. And uh, I can also tell you, however, I hope Maria agrees, October was an amazing class also. We had a great time. I think that opens some people's eyes and, and, and uh, give them an opportunity to see what is actually uh, possible with providing nutritional therapy, uh, using the support kits and the product lines that we have available to us. And, uh, and at the end of the day, in a nutshell, just really changing people's lives. And the more people's lives we can change, the more people, the more people we can get in this direction and the impact that we can have on our families and communities the more it's going to just keep spreading and spreading and, and changing the direction uh, of the mindset of people in this country who are getting lousy service, lousy quality of care, toxic, you know, byproduct quality of care. And, uh, and which just we're in the kind of the forefront of all that. Now, there's little fires all across the country of offices doing very similar things, but getting it out there so we can massively generate momentum and, and, and explode that is, is what I'm really excited about. I'm grateful that we all, you know, get to be a part of that. The uh, next roundtable, as we wrap this up, the next roundtable is going to be December 22nd. The next roundtable is December 22nd, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So please mark your calendars. And if you have other associates, colleagues, people in the healing arts that might want to sit in on some of this and, and hear more about what Country Doctor Herbals is about, what our Practice Blueprint program and resources are about, uh, please, by all means, feel welcome to post to your, uh, 
Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Yep. Please feel welcome to post. Some people have gone to New Eden uh, School, uh, Trinity, um, IBEM down in, in Colorado, uh, Dr. Sullivan's School. Um, if they have a way to post that information and get the word out, um, obviously, we're, uh, we're about uh, putting good quality products in the hands of practitioners across the country. Uh, but I, I'll spend as much time as I possibly can in sharing uh, our experience, our resources, uh, making sure that practitioners have a way to plug in and get the things they need uh, to, uh, to really experience the practice of their dreams and move forward with their personal and uh, professional objectives. So that's December 22nd at 2 p.m. And uh, I, think that, uh, I think that about covers, covers my list. Can I just say one thing really quick too? Yes, please. So that when we send out the recording of this and whatnot, we always close um, our office the last full week in December. So um, we will be gone in the clinic from the 26th to the 28th. Um, but of course, the first of the year is a Monday, so we won't be returning until the second. So I just wanted to let everyone know that as well. Um, we usually do have packages still going out during that time frame. Um, of course, not directly on any of the holidays, but... I'll, I'll send out a notice um, just letting everyone know which days we will still ship during that time that we're closed, okay? Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate that. Any final co comments or thoughts before we get ready to sign off? Um, that's just what I was going to ask about was if it would be okay if I invited some of the students or alumni from IBM to join this just so maybe they can hear you speak, see how you present and see how you talk to, because I've been sharing the, uh, Rachel sent me the little, what is it called? Invitation. And so I've sent an email in text some people that, so I know that, you know, they've heard me talk about it, but it might be nice for them to hear, hear from you too. Yeah, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, you know, looking at an opportunity to maybe do a, maybe do a class at IBEM next year, uh, on you know, kind of a two-hour overview of all this, and really lay out the resources, and and more importantly, and I'm glad you brought it up, give people an opportunity to ask questions, right? I'm a firm believer. I, I do much better when people ask me questions to really get to the you know the transparency and the heart of what we're about, you know, and I can present material. Um, I, I love doing it, but I really enjoy the engagement. I really enjoy. You know, what's going on in their minds? What's on their mind? Having them explain it to me. What are the challenges? Um, because I can assure you that we've probably, at some level, run into very similar challenges. And we've had to learn how to handle them in a manner that we would use that resource repeatedly. If we would handle a problem one way, one time, but now the similar problem comes up, but now it's totally different, well, that's really not a concept that's teachable. But if we can come up with you know, good lines of communication, having these schools be open to attending these, uh, sitting in, asking questions or direct, you know, messaging, you know, Rachel or myself, um, and so that they get the information. There's, it, it almost seems sometimes, you know, to some people a little bit too good to be true, right, that we're willing to do a tremendous amount of support to people before they ever, or if they ever, if they ever come and join us like Tamara's doing next week for a, for a week-long session and, and, and 90 days worth of, of weekly follow-ups. A lot of people don't get to that point, okay? But there is so much, I know of, I've, we only share what we do. We don't share what we you know, think sounds good, right? And, and when somebody asks me a question about how to handle this situation or that or, or what to do as far as pricing or, hey, my, my exams are running two hours and it's just draining me, you know, we know how to navigate that because we've had to learn how to do it, you know, in our own settings. So, yeah, I appreciate you for thinking of doing that and encouraging people to join us. Um, I'll also let everybody know that I plan on uh, this will be the first time that I actually include this recording in the audio version. I'm going to put it on the Total Wellness Radio podcast so practitioners can listen to a podcast and kind of get an idea of who and what we're about and what we present and what our focus is and, and how we're uh, very blessed to be able to work with other practitioners across the country. 
All right. Any other thoughts or comments, questions? Okay. I can't... I have one little, oh. I have one little comment. Okay, Pat. I, I learned a, a big lesson this last month. I had a client coming up here from Denver, and uh, I'd worked with her 10 years ago when suddenly she started coming back to me. And... She, you know, I do a lot of other things besides this. But in the process of checking her out, I was, I said, your pancreas is having some issues. And she had this really weird cough that I had never heard before. Now I know this weird cough is really related to pancreas. But she kept ignoring everything I was telling her. <laughs> and then she, uh, then she called me about a week and a half, two weeks ago with all these symptoms, and I says, look, do not drive up here. You go directly to the emergency room. And, but she didn't. She waited, went to her doctor the next day. They hospitalized her, ran tons of tests on her. She was already pancreatic cancer that had already gone over to the liver and the lungs. Yeah. They give her two weeks to two months. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... Now I know that cough. Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot that you just said there that we could spend a long time discussing and it'd probably be really valuable for a, another conversation, right? Yeah. Um, but I can tell you that first and foremost, here's another, I'll finish with a, another practice principle. You never have clients more compliant than you are, okay? And yes, thank you for the comment on the Gershon therapy. Wonderful therapy for cancer. You're never going to have clients more compliant than you are. We have to follow programs. Even if our, it's not life-threatening for us on a program, we're doing it to sustain optimum health and vibrancy. We have to follow a program, okay? When The more we're following a program in our own lives and having it monitored and being accountable, the much more confidence we convey to a client for them to do the same. So if I'm 90 or 95% compliant in my dietary choices, move, rest patterns, uh, and following supplementation and, and, and the things that we teach, if I'm doing that really, really heavily, and I'm not saying you don't, Pat, I'm just saying the more I do that, the more my clients will follow my re recommendations, they'll get quicker into compliance, and they'll see results faster. So it's tragic that this lady is having this experience, okay? And we certainly as practitioners don't ever want to see that, right? But when we're communicating with a client to position them to thrive, the more we're on point, the more easily it is for us to get them on point. So we just have to remember that. Does that, does that make sense? This lady did not want to do what I wanted her to do. Right. Or what I offered. She right. didn't care. Yep. She already made up her mind. Yep. And you're going to have, and that's tragic, you know, and you will have clients like that. Let me share one with you and, I'll, and we'll finish this up because we're right at the hour. Had a family member, family friend of the family came in, brought uh, her parents and we were in the HRV room. This is some years ago. And she's on the verge of tears. She does not feel good. Okay. And she was standing there about to get her HRV. And the husband was standing there. And he looked at me in front of her. And he said, if you think there's anything on those shelves out there that's going to help her get well, you're crazy. That's what he said. And I said, well, before we end today's visit, why would you possibly think that? What makes you say something like that? And he backpedaled, got very, it was taken off, you know, course, because if you ever have somebody talk to you that way, trip over, right? We're not pursuing this. And I basically ended the conversation with, look, 
If she wants to use these resources to get well, you've got to be 100% in her court and be the number one cheerleader. If you can't fulfill your role in the relationship regarding her program and her health, then we need to look for something else for you guys to do that you can do together. Two months later, she was dead. She never started a program. So those are the most, that's one of my more uncomfortable ones and I've got dozens, unfortunately. And that's why as practitioners, we have to know our job description, we have to put our practices in order, and we have to position clients to thrive. Sometimes, Pat, they won't let you. Sometimes they just won't let you. But then you have to end the relationship. You know what? You and I are gonna part friends, but we're gonna part. We're gonna part friends, but we're gonna part, okay? And that's, I mean, and that's not trying to be harsh or anything, but we're going we're gonna to part friends. But if you can't execute on the resources that we know are going to help you, then let's find someone else that you can work with that'll help you. Had another guy do that to me over kinesiology, saying that it was crazy voo-woo stuff, right? I said, well, before this visit ends, and that's how I do it. Before this visit ends, I let him know it's ending. But before it ends... I got a couple of questions and then we'll part ways friends. That's it. Next. And that's unfortunate, Pat, that that happened. And it's unfortunate that we're all, you do this work long enough, every one of you is going to experience that to some degree. You're going to need to know how to handle it so you can move on to the next person who wants your resources, who's willing to do what's necessary and only associates with those around them who have their back, who are their cheerleaders to getting well. Make sense? I think some people don't want to get well. Dr. Christopher, Dr. Christopher said this. He said, there's three kinds of people that are incurable. You need to write them in your notes because you're going to encounter all three. There's three kinds. Here's number one. People who have given up. They don't want to fight. They're done. The best you'll ever do with them is maybe get them a little pain-free, maybe a little less pain maybe a little more energy, maybe a little better feeling, but they've given up. That's number one. Number two, people who will not comply with compliance with their program. They will not be compliant. That's why we call it the support phase, the first four to six visits that we're going to go into in depth with, with Tamara this next week. It's called the support phase. We're still determining if they're a great client for us or yet or not even though they've had several contacts with us, we're still determining whether or not they're gonna do their part, which is be compliant. And within that first, I have a gal that came in, she was referred to me from a practitioner out in uh, out east somewhere. And uh, she ended up, uh, she had her third visit with me, didn't bring a food log and I looked at her and I says, okay, so here's the deal. If I don't have a food log as part of your program next week, then we need to look at doing something different completely and her eyes lit up. See, here's the thing. Your clients respond to how serious are you about them getting healthy? Because then that helps them up their game about getting serious, about getting healthy. If you're not serious about them getting healthy, they're not gonna be. In the area of number two, won't be compliant with the program. And lastly, number three, hypochondriacs. You fix one thing and they have three more the next visit. You fix two of those three and they got seven more the next visit. That is a real mental condition of stress. And there's some level of, there's some level of, uh, for them, the enjoyment that they receive out of the negative attention. Okay. Some people are negative energy vampires and you just got to be able to identify it. Course correct. Move on. So they've given up, they won't comply, or they're hypochondriacs. Those are the only three people that we can't help. And some of them we can help a little bit, but you can't let them stay in your environment day in and day out because they'll rob you of that vital energy that you need to put into other people. Okay? That help? Folks, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful after Thanksgiving blessed day. 
We will see you uh, in uh, December on the 22nd. And uh, thank you for putting the word out about these roundtables. I look forward to it then. Take care. Have a blessed day. That's going to do it for this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Remember, if you are a practitioner in the healing arts and would like to have your own interview on Total Wellness Radio, please reach out to me, 307-631-5300. That's 307-631-5300. Send me a text message, your name and your modality, and let's get you scheduled to be on an upcoming episode of Total Wellness Radio.